When I was a kid, people actually took time off in the summer, including the people making TV shows that ran on the four stations that we had back then. So in the summer, we got reruns. Here at Geological, we're taking the month of July to, as they say here in Missouri, go fishing. I'm looking at it as some yintonfication in the middle of the greatest yang of the year. So for the month of July, I've got some reruns for you that you've likely not heard because they are some of my favorite conversations from the early days. You may or may not know that before Geological, I did a podcast called Everyday Acupuncture. It was aimed at the general public, and so we didn't get all deep and geeky with the medicine, but it turns out a lot of acupuncturists listen to Everyday Acupuncture, and it was your interest that sparked Geological. So I hope that you'll enjoy these pre-heaven conversations from before Geological was Geological. When I lived in Taiwan, there was a little tea and antique shop on the corner of Yongkang Street and Alley 52 where I lived. It was an inviting place, and I kept thinking in those early days, one day when my Chinese is better, I'm going to go in there. Up until the day I thought, and I don't care about how lousy my Chinese is, I want to see what's in there. What was in there was a gateway into Taiwanese tea culture. What was in there was a man who became a good friend over the years. I'd go there often to drink tea. It was a pleasant way to work on my Chinese in the wild. I got to meet people from all over the island and from all walks of life as well. I had the opportunity to learn about Taiwanese culture, thought, humor, and generosity. The E2000 tea shop was a portal into a world that rhymes with every cup of tea that I drink today. I do love tea, and I love tea shops. Today is a recording made on one of my trips to Taiwan. My friend Pia Giamasi, who you can catch over in episode 120, we were discussing the archetypes of Confucius and Carl Jung. Pia takes me to one of her favorite local tea shops in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. Today's episode is a taste and audio form of what it's like to spend a little time exploring tea in a traditional Chinese tea shop. And here's the really wonderful thing. These kind of tea shops are all over Taiwan. It truly is an extraordinary aspect of Taiwanese culture, and I'm delighted to share this with you. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool. 
a sharpened wire, and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of this solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code geological at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Welcome everyone. Let's go explore some extraordinary Taiwanese tea. Hey, Pia, we're going to have a cup of tea, how about how? It's good. I'll take you to my tea shop. Okay. We're going to go to your friend's tea shop. All right, let's head on out. Just around the corner from my house. Lucky you and some fun pian. Yeah, convenient and for you. Not only does he sell tea, he makes the tea himself too. All right. And they've just gotten their chun cha. Oh, you can open the door here. The chun cha. What kind of tea is chun tea? 
Chun Cha is uh, it's the oolong tea, and it's the spring the spring growth. The, spring, the spring growth. The spring bloom. Okay, so this is this is the new spring bloom that we're going to go check out. Yes. Okay, so we're here in Kaohsiung. Kaohsiung, Taiwan. Kaohsiung, Taiwan. Southern part of the island. Yep. And uh, we're headed to Pia's friend's tea shop. We're walking along the street. You'll probably hear motorcycles and. Yeah, it's the land of scooters here because it's much easier to park, and uh, it's just too hot. It's too hot to sit in a car. Well, it's much easier to have the, you know, it's much more comfortable to have the breeze as you scooter along. Well, and not to mention that finding a place to park a car around here. Oh, yeah. Not so easy. Now, my friend in Taipei says that she sees a, an empty parking space on the side of the road. She feels like parking just just out of spite. Just, just so I can have a spot. Just so they, I can say I've parked in Taipei. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the nice thing about Taipei is... Well, scooters are very convenient there. The mm -hmm. mass transit MRT system is phenomenal. Yes. But not the same. I mean, Kaohsiung actually has a pretty good system, but you have to, uh, first of all, do a lot of research. And second of all, you have to be very patient for the buses to come. Um, and most people don't. So it's not really, um, it's not as convenient as Taipei. And most people don't take public transportation. So you got to ride the bike. Scooter yeah. it up, except yeah. for us, we're walking around the Scooter corner. Scooter it, or well, there. I mean, there is the underground now, which is pretty good mm -hmm. in, in Kaohsiung. For you know, like if you're just here visiting the city, it'll get you to most places you you want to go. Well, conveniently, we're just walking around the block right now. So, yes. Pia, tell us a little more. We've got we've got some spring tea uh -huh. coming up. Yep. What other kinds of? And what's the name of this cat? Who who is this guy that we're going to go Mr. visit? Mr. Lee. We're going to see Mr. Lee for tea. Yep. All right. So, in addition to the oolong teas, which Taiwan is very famous for, mm -hmm. what other kind of stuff does he carry? He he primarily sells oolong, but he has a little bit of um, Dongfang Meiren. Oh, the, now that Dongfang Meiren is that's more of a northern tea, isn't it? Isn't that from the north yeah, part of the island? A little bit farther north, but actually, what I what really um, it, it's it's a type of leaf which is different than the oolong type. Um, but it also has to do with the, the little, um, it, the, there's bugs that come and bite the edges of the leaf and they leave a little bit of their, their, their saliva on it or their, their, their chemical, whatever they, they excrete. Mm -hmm. And that, trans, that has a chemical reaction with the leaf that adds a honey flavor that characterizes the oriental beauty. And the that's where the Dongfang Meiren's flavor comes that's from. That's where the mei, the mei the of the Dongfang Meiren comes from, yes. Wait, we get away. Wait, Peaches is not catching up. She's got short legs. Okay. <laughs> Here in Taiwan, you can take little dogs to the tea shop. It's totally a cool thing to do. What uh, what do you what kind of tea are you making for us here? So it's very high. It's a very high mountain called Li Mountain, Li Shan, and it's uh, the oolong tea from there. Okay, so it's the largest area producing tea at the the largest and at the highest level um, producing tea, and it's on the it's kind of like on the edge of two counties between Nanto and Taichung. So it's basically the middle part of the island. Yes, yes, the high mountains in the middle. Great. So we've got. Uh... 
we've got hot water here. We've got a lovely little teapot mm -hmm. and uh, some cups. And looks like we're gonna have some tea here in just a minute or two. Yep. Yeah, the serving pot was made by his friend, and it's done with. Um, it's uh, done in a kiln that they that they use wood to fire it. Mm-hmm. Kind of a ra uh, raccoon. Rustic. Yeah. yeah, a little. Yeah, it's raccoon. quite rustic. So, what's this called? This because we've got a teapot here, mm -hmm. and then it gets poured into a. Uh, it's called Tahai. Tahai. The sea a tea of tea. ocean. Tea ocean of tea. Yes. Ocean of tea. Yeah. It's another pot, basically. Yes. So. Because the tea can't be sitting in the water for too long, or else it, it will over. It, it you can't let it give too much in one in, in one um, washing. Yeah. Of the leaves. Yes. Yes, I'll, I can help you with your English. Brewing of the. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it comes. All right, this is the first washing. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these oolong teas, you can brew them. You can wash the leaves a lot. Okay, so these these Taiwan teas are really robust and you can wash the leaves on these like twelve or sixteen times. And so you can brew up a lot of tea from just a few leaves. Yes. But mind you, it's using the very small Taiwanese-style teapot. You couldn't do that with a giant pot of water. Right. So, Pia, tell us a little bit. You've done a little bit of study with tea. Mm -hmm. And tell us about these small teapots and the process that Mr. Lee is going through here to, uh, to extract the flavors. A lot of people in the West think that this is some kind of a ceremony. Mm, no. um, I'm not sure about your thoughts on this. It seems to me it's just more of a, a really handy technology for getting to know something about the character of the leaves and enjoy some tea along the way. Well, uh, historically there have been a lot of different ways to make tea. It's been, like in the Tang Dynasty, it was powdered and whisked in a bowl. Sort of it, Japanese style? Yeah, that, well, the Tang Dynasty, the, Japan, a lot of the culture came, went over during the Tang Dynasty and has remained there. Lovely, huh? So this is this is the first washing of these leaves, folks. And often with the first washing, it's a little bit it's a little bit weak. It's not that fragrant. It's not that full yet. But this this is already just the first washing of the leaves, and it's it's incredibly delicious tea. Very full flavored. This is very high quality. It's a now, very high quality Did I hear tea. him say correctly that this is one of the, like it won an award or it's an award winning tea? No, no, no. no. Uh, it's, the, like, it's just come down from the mountain, so it's uh -huh. very, very fresh. It's the first of the spring teas from, from Lee Mountain. Hmm. Uh, just continue a little bit what I was saying yeah. before. There have been a lot of different, um, there have been pressed tea cakes, there have been teas that have had like times during tea history, the tea culture, in which they've had to cook the tea in a pot and they cook it with medicines. Mm. That was also an earlier stage of tea. And at this point now in Taiwan, it's the, the within the culture, they use these very tiny tea pots and it, it 
it kind of condenses the flavor in a way that it's you don't need to brew it for very long so that each brewing of the, the of the leaves is very distinct is very powerful and it's very concentrated and, and it, it seems like you don't drink the same tea all the way through i mean the flavor can really change yeah well, over the course of washing the leaves yes 在泡茶的过程里面，第一泡的那那个那个它放出来的内容物跟中间跟后面的那个从化学层面的，那个才茶叶在在泡从第一泡到到最后一定是慢慢慢慢。Alright, so it has a lot to do with the with the way that the tea is made. It's rolled into these very tight balls, and so when the when the hot water goes on it. They open a little bit, so they're giving a little bit of the flavor, but it has the most, the different kinds of, uh, the, if we look at it from a chemical perspective, the most, the, the, the greatest amount are at the very beginning. But then towards the middle of the, the third, fourth, fifth, uh, fifth brew, you get that the leaves are much more open, and so they're giving a lot more. And so that's why the flavor seems to get a lot stronger and thicker. And then uh, it will slowly get less, you know, it'll be, get, become more and more, you know, the, the kinds of flavors will, 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 will the fl it'll slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the flavor profile really does change as the leaves, as they get wet and they open up. Mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe in the beginning you seem to maybe get more of the volatiles. Yes. More of the flowery the volatiles. subtle ones yeah. that, that they, they, they come and go very quickly. They come yeah. and go quickly in the first washing or two, and then mm -hmm. you get these uh, sort of more sturdy flavors yes. that come through later. I've lost half my English. I noticed. Yeah. That's okay. My man chan. We should bang ta lian shi I mean, it can really be funny with, with the language this way. Yes. That, that you know, the, uh, the two languages can kind of mess with each other and we can either forget our words mm -hmm. or the uh, grammars get mixed up. So you might be using well, English well, also, words with Chinese grammar. and, and Or the terminology, because I've learned all about tea in Chinese. And the same with Chinese medicine. I studied all in Chinese. I can't talk about it in English. I have no idea it's much harder. how to talk about it, how to speak about Chinese medicine or about Buddhism, a lot of Buddhism, and like the things that I've studied in Chinese, it's really hard for me to express in English. It's, it's really hard. Well, I, I can tell you I made a big mistake almost 20 years ago when I first came to Taiwan to learn some Chinese because I thought if I understood Chinese medicine mm -hmm. in Chinese, I'd be able to explain it better to people in English. Guess what? <laughs> it took me further from the mark. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. So I can understand how you would have this issue. You've learned it mm -hmm. in Chinese. Yes. Taking it into English, we have the words, but we, but there's so much experience that happens in this other language, mm -hmm. it's hard to catch the nuance. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and, and if you want to just speak normally, you can't be sitting there thinking of a, like, a, like an appropriate choice of words. No, because it gets in the way of conversation. Right, like the volatiles. That was perfect. It was like, oh, oh yeah, that is so perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to say. But, but it, it, conceptually, in the way it's expressed, is completely different than Chinese. How would you say volatiles in Chinese? Oh, okay. Now you're testing my Chinese. Hmm? But yeah. Uh, no, no, I, no. I'm just curious. 
Um, for the flavors of the tea that you were just talking about, yes, it would be um, 它前面的比较微细的一些味道。微细的味道。嗯 ，but but but that's not exactly right because now I'm thinking I'm like half in English and half in Chinese. Okay. So my brain is all mixed up. Maybe Mr. Lee would know. Can we、uh, ask him? Yeah. 前你会怎么？描述前面的那些比较很快就分发的那些味道。Oh, I love coming here. His explanations are so clear and concise, and really like he's got so much research in his in his back pocket that he can talk about it from a scientific, but also from a very everyday like combining them. So basically, what we talk about is like. As the fragrance, the flowery fragrances, which don't last for very long,、mm-hmm. even in the wild, like the fragrance of a flower, kind of comes and goes in little whiffs. So it's that those delicate, subtle, flowery fragrances.、Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the the body of it is more, it comes out into the water itself. Whereas the, the the fragrances kind of ride on the water, whereas the whereas the 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 body of the tea, which is the more more like the there's actually bits and bobs in the water,、mm-hmm. like that color the water and that that thicken the water and the the, the the oily parts and whatever. That is where the body of the tea it's actually infused into the water, whereas the fragrances kind of ride on the water. Kind of rides on the water, and you know the thing that I found really interesting about. Well, the oolong in particular, and Dongfang Meiren as well,、mm-hmm. and, and a few other teas. Once you've finished the tea in your teacup,、mm-hmm. there's still some fragrance that lingers in the cup. You can sort of put it up to your nose、yes. and breathe in through your nose, and and you'll get this intense. It's either sweet or honey, but there'll be some kind of flavor that's similar to what you taste with your tongue, except you're actually tasting it with your nose.、Mm. Hot, hot. 刚才在说明说那个喝完了，杯子里面还会留香，嗯、很好的茶就就有这样子的。所以我们也不是，哎，也不是说跟南传那边的深有很深的那种根啊，没有，我们大概是接触。So we're talking about Buddhism. It's what in the the north and south. North and southern, yeah. Yeah. Northern and southern is kind of like it's more like a Theravada and Mahayana. Mm. Mm, it's, it's probably better names to use about、uh-huh. the differences. Just, just slightly, we're talking a little bit about the differences. And, and which would be associated with north? The Mahayana. The Mahayana. The, the, the northern. And southern because it went. It, it was the Theravada tradition was、um, preserved much better in Southeast Asia. So it's called the southern tradition.、Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, she started learning in the northern, but then. She, um, Miss Yang ended up、uh, just really resonating with、uh, the the southern with Theravada tradition and practices that. Hello, everyone. Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well integrated diagnostic. Theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel, or the Sea of Yang, the primal reservoir of Yang, which ultimately finances all movement and growth. 
but this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvelous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. So I've just asked Mr. Lee if we could drink some of this red oolong. I was here last week. At the beginning of the process, there is heavy oxidation of the of the leaves before or fermentation. Some people call it fermented. Some people call it oxidation. Um, before it gets before it goes into the drying process. Um, and and so that's the very traditional way of making it. And so traditionally, this was just oolong, but oolong now has become associated with a much greener, with a much less fermented or a less oxidized tea. Um, whereas this was the the traditional way of drinking it was the way that he makes it. So back in the day, they made it like this. Yes. Now they've gone to these lighter, sort of more of a blue green tea. Yeah. It's, it's a little oxidized. It's not quite green tea, which has very little or no oxidation. No oxidation. It has a green little has no bit oxidation. of oxidation. Yeah, green tea has up to 5%, whereas the oolong that, that's out today is like about 12 to 20. Well, let me check and make sure on those numbers. Check on that, and then, and then check on the red oolong that we're about to, uh, okay. to drink. So, so let me first get this part before we go on. Mm -hmm. um, technically, green tea should have zero oxidation or fermentation, but between the time that it's cut and the time that it, it's uh, the, what's called sa qing, which means to, to kill the microbes, which means to freeze it in the state that it, it, like they use steam to stop it in its chemical process so that it no longer oxidates or ferments. And um, in that time, it may, but, but it's like within the 5% range. And technically it should be zero, but most of the time there, there, there's like a time lapse between mm -hmm. cutting the tea and actually steaming Between it. the time you, you cut it and the time that you actually, because it's going to naturally ferment a bit. Yes, After yes. you've cut it, between the time you've cut it and the time that you actually stop the fermentation, a little bit has little bit, probably little passed. Bit. But then like if it's like a little bit over five, but, but not up to the point of oolong, then you have white tea, yellow tea, or what's called qing cha. Qing cha is very hard to, it's very hard to translate it into English because qing is like a dark green, which... Well, it's kind of a greenish blue as I understand bluish, it. Greenish bluish, yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's an algae kind of a color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the color of darker, deeper water. Mm. 
especially like up in the Pacific Northwest where I used to live, mm. we would have kind of a ching color. Yeah. And, you know, depending on the day, it would look a little more blue or a little more gray or a little more green. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a, another step up in fermentation. What comes after ching cha? There are a bunch of... Uh, first, he gives like the, the overall map of all of the teas. So there is the green completely unfermented. There is the slightly fermented white, yellow, and the, the ching or the, the, the blue-green. And then there is the um, partially fermented range, which is hi, hi, hi. Hi. Yeah, yeah. which is the largest range. And then there is the um, what is called red tea, or what we call black tea. And then there is in Chinese, uh, which is fully fermented. The, the red tea is a fully fermented tea. And then there is black tea, which is a post-fermented process. It has a process of post-fermentation, and it's called black tea. And that would be like your poor teas. Yes, poor tea. And there is a tea which is called black tea. Hi. It's great. You know, sometimes people just come in, you know, we're hanging at a tea shop. People in Taiwan come in, they hang out, they drink tea, and this is Mr. Lawyer Wu. Lawyer Wu. And so tell us what he just said. So Lawyer Wu had some very good points about tea being just part of the culture. And it's an everyday thing. It's just part of part of everyday life, and in, 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 like a lot of things, like a lot of uh, things that have curative or um, preventative properties, have become just a part of the everyday life or a part of the cycle of things um, which people eat and drink. And so, tea is also can be called uh, a medicine because it it helps uh, it helps our skin and other things. Oh, that's right. So earlier, he, earlier he was talking about tea. You know, like in England, that they have got they've got the afternoon tea, but that's more like for you know it goes it was with snacks and everything, and it's. Um, but in China, it's part of the culture, and he he's lawyer who talked about culture as being the things that stay with us after the f- like when you like like when you sift the rice. And mm. the parts of it that that get, that go that get thrown away are the parts that that blow away in the wind are the parts that are not nutritious. Culture is what's left. It's like the rice that is left in the in the basket in the the sifting basket, um, which is which is full of nutrition, which is full of things that are good for people. And tea tea is combined like is part of uh, the Chinese medicine is very similar. It's through people's experience and what gets you know like what. Is tried and true over thousand of years you know like which ones are effective medicines and what do they actually do for you you know this is like it comes through thousands of years of experience of Chinese medical doctors and the connection between um, Chinese medicine and tea is the qi because tea has qi and it depends on where the qi flows as to the mm, the uh, curative properties of this tea. Now, I'm glad you bring that up. Because I know that in the time that I've been here in Taiwan and we've been hanging out and drinking tea, Mm. sometimes you'll talk about, oh, I can feel this tea in my Du channel. I can feel this tea in my Ren channel. Mm. Yes. (laughs) 
usually when people think about drinking tea, they're thinking about a flavor. Mm. Of course, Chinese medicine doctors know that different herbs and different substances will enter different Jing Luo. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about tea and the Jing Luo. Well, it's the same thing as medicine. I mean, I mean medicines are plants. And there are leaves and there are sticks and things like that. Well, well so is tea. Yeah. Tea is leaves and sticks yeah, and things like that. And they all have energy because they, they come from the, 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 the earth and they grow because of energy. And so if you are, if you can quiet your mind and still your body and just um, make contact either with your hand or with your tongue or with your, through the fragrance, with the energy, and you can then feel in your body, what is this energy doing in my body? Then you can feel, is it... Um, is it affecting the stomach? Is it is it moving along the stomach meridian, or how does my stomach feel as I t- as I touch or approach this tea? Mm. How does my you know like what is moving in the body? Where is the feeling in the body? So if you just quiet your mind, I mean most people naturally have these abilities. It's just a matter of whether you open yourself to them or not. And in your experience, would you say that different teas enter different meridians? Absolutely. Or, absolutely. Yes. And does that have to do with the kind of tea or the way it's processed or it's just its particular unique nature or maybe even its nature with this particular moment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> From my experience with um, particularly strong ener- like the, the energetic experience of the tea is particularly strong with the tree type of poor tea. Mm. Uh, different areas of the of the tea have extremely different. Uh, they have like different chi. Um, so different parts of the same tree. No, or no, no, di- different areas where the tree is. Yeah, different parts of Yunnan. They, there's like a river, and then there's like um, one which is called the 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 mother the the female side, and then the the, the male side, or the yin side and the yang side of the river. Yeah, uh, areas in Yunnan where the trees where the trees grow, and the energy is completely distinct. It's distinctively yang and distinctively yin when you drink those pu'er. And the yang is very, in, in my from my experience, very concentrated, very pillar-like. It goes to the the middle of the body, going shooting up into the sky and then down into the earth. Whereas the the, the one from the yin area is much more cloud-like. It kind of it's like your body kind of dissipates in a cloud-like sort of a feeling when you when you drink the tea energetically. It's a very it's very very distinct. But both of them lead to lead to. Uh, a state of very peaceful and, and focused mind. But one is in a dissipative focus, relaxed, complete relaxed and, and letting go. And the other one is a very concentrated but relaxed and focused. It's very, very interesting. One of the things I really enjoy about Chinese medicine, thinking about these things, that we can get to something like being relaxed mm. from a yin aspect or from a yang aspect. You know, so often we think yang has nothing to do with relaxation. You know, it's very easy to make that that mistake. Yeah. But here you're talking about that we could take both of these energies and they can each arrive us in a similar place yes. through different different methods, so yes. to speak. Different pathways. Yeah. Just never know where the conversation is gonna go in a tea house. <laughs> That's true. Because you never know who's going to walk in the door. That's right. (laughs) 
百分之十五，这个大概百分之四十。百分之四十。四十五。So this tea, even though it's an oolong, the same as the last one, but the um, the pre-processing before it gets steamed is completely different, and, and it's um, Mr. Lee was talking about before, like like it can be chemically tested as to. Oh, Neely, hi. Bye bye. As to like, if you do an actual testing on it, it um, the transfer, the the oxidation process can be can be measured. So it's this measuring, and like once once you you've measured enough tea, you don't need the equipment to measure it. They 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 the old masters didn't have equipment to master. No, they, they just they just they know just how to do it. They knew how to do it. They knew how that they call this color and this amount of the leaf has turned red that that it is at this point of oxidation and they know that this is if they wanted to turn it into a, an oolong like we're drinking now a very traditional more earthy flavored oolong then they would have to uh, you know let it wilt and and oxidate percentage at that level and he said this one that we're drinking now mm. is uh, oxidized at about 45% 45% yeah very traditional, very yeah. very traditional flavor. And the color is so different. The the color of what we were drinking before was sort of a yellow green, and this is more of a golden amber. Yes, 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 yes. So earthy. So here's our friend. He has a he's um he's a radio personality who does interviews on the radio. He, he's asked me a few times to do an interview. I haven't. You should. Yeah. Why not? Oh, I don't know what to talk about yet. Just think about something to talk about. You could talk about anything. You could talk about tea, like we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Why not go on the radio? You got plenty to talk about. <laughs> I wonder if the Taoist is going to come today. I don't know. I mean, you never know could be. who might show up in a place like this. Well, this is the most interesting tea shop. Very different than others. Most of the, many times on on Monday, I've been sitting here with. A, a minister. Oh, oh, okay. A minister from uh, who who lives in America. She's the daughter of a man who was a singing, an old, very old singing personality on television here. Um, lawyer Wu comes. Um, lawyer Wu comes. Yeah, lawyer okay. Wu comes, and then there's this man with a long white beard. He's a he's a Taoist master, and there's another man who is also a Taoist, but he's more like in the. Um, uh, he does um, fortune telling. He's a Taoist, but he does fortune telling, and he also has studied Buddhism. And then we have a few businessmen who come, and we have this man who is the in the radio announcer. And it's a very interesting tea shop. And there's you. And there's me. <laughs> and the small dog. And the little dog, yeah. Yeah. Louis. Since I said Louis. Oh, I found you. No. No, 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 no. This is because. I know I need to. Get some more of this mm. red oolong to take home, and you know he said that you can take this stuff and put it in a ceramic container yes. and let it sit for a few years. Yes. So you were talking about some of the different teas, the black tea in particular, mm -hmm. but this tea as well, that you can let it sit for years and it will get better and better. It, yes. Ask Ask Lawyer Wu about this. He his house is. Full of treasure, bot like bottles full of treasures, different tea treasures from different time periods. Ask him how long. Ask him what his oldest tea is. Need? How do you say? Store. Sun. 
春放。你你你春放的茶，最老的是多老？ 1981 is the oldest tea that you, you you started collecting. You've got tea from 1981. But he's got even older tea than that, though. The tea was older before it got to him. Yeah. So like the from the tea that the oolong tea he started buying in 1981, and has every year he buys a bunch of tea and some he will store. Drink very slowly, and some he drinks right away that year and enjoys it. And then、um, after having after having、uh, experienced oolong teas, he got into poor. And poor cakes are some of the poor cakes are much older, but they were older before they came into his to his hands.、Um, but from his own oolong tea,、uh, starting from 1981, he has a collection of teas from every year from then up to now. Mm. That sounds like quite a collection. I'm just getting mine going over the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. Well, 15 mm. years is pretty good time. Do you have some nice storage vats? No, I, mainly the teas that I store、mm-hmm. are the poor teas.、Mm. I don't have them in a vat. I I keep them in a kind of a cabinet. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I've got a friend up in Taipei. Yeah. Who has some old teas,、mm. and he he will often lay some of those on me, <laughs> and、uh, I I keep those in some containers and and drink them slowly because, yeah, you know, you're allow you're a hall. You know, the older they get, the the better they are. Yes, yes, yes.、But、I definitely want to get some of this red oolong,、mm-hmm. and、uh, you know, probably drink some when I get home,、mm-hmm. and then、uh, maybe drink. A little bit next year, and maybe a little bit the year after. Put it in a nice little earthen container. Yeah. <laughs> See what it's like in five years.、Mm-hmm. So, what's going on here? As these teas, these particular kinds of teas, they sit. What's happening that allows them to keep turning into something else? Ask Mr. Lee. Well, He's the expert. Okay. You ask him for me. Hey. 这个茶放在瓮里面，嗯，它是它是什么样的一个过程 ？Teas, um, they will continue their process of of a post fermentation as the as time goes along. And whether or not you you put it into an earthen vessel, there is a little bit more um like contact with the air because it's more porous. But you can keep it just in the tea, in the bag itself. Yeah. Ha. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ha. Bye bye. You can keep it in the bag, and it's fine. It, and there's actually because it's actually more airtight than than that, and and the process of of change, chemical change, will will happen much slower. In recent years, the Saam acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Saam approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles. It's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge.
Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jing well points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of qi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. Mm. So having it exposed to the air will speed it up. Will speed it up, yeah. But he was saying something about it getting moldy. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and, and I asked about, is there a limitation of how long you can keep it? And he said, not really, unless unless it gets expo- exposed to moisture, which will which will lead to mold, which will make it uh, undrinkable, will yeah. spoil it. It'll ruin it. It'll spoil it, yeah. So you want to keep it dry. Yes. And you want to have it exposed to a little bit of air. Yeah, yes. And you want it to sit for a few years. Mm-hmm. Or a decade. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. All right, so we're, now we're going to have a red oolong. This is a little different than the one that we've just had. Yes. Mr. Lee is going to pile this up. He's going to chong shui. Pile up some tea, brew up some tea. We're going to see how this one is compared to the last one that we had. This is one of the really fun things about hanging out in a Taiwanese tea house is there's so many kinds of tea. They each have their own tussa, they have their own particular characteristic. And not only in just going through a, a pot of tea and, and seeing its flavor profile like we were talking earlier, but to be able to sit here and compare some different teas, mm-hmm. how's this one a little bit different than that, and also just what it's like, what the feeling is like while we're in here because why don't you describe what, what, what why don't you just describe what's around you i'm going to do that but i was what i was first going to say was yeah. you know some different people have come in they've come out yeah you know different people are being in the room change the feeling of the room yeah right it could be a sure. little quieter a little noisier there's just a you know there's just a feeling so we're in a in a little shop here it's probably measured i don't know it's uh I'm not good with measurements, but it's kind of a narrow and somewhat long shop. There are wooden cabinets that hold teapots and uh, little storage vessels for putting the tea in. And then, of course, there are just, well, I was going to say acres and acres, but that's an exaggeration. But there's all kinds of tea in here. There's little bags here. There's canisters there. Uh, I'm going to try to get some pictures for you guys as well so you can see what it looks like. The place is just full of tea. And uh, we're sitting here at Mr. Lee's. He's got this big tea table. And this is really, the the tea tables here are interesting because you splash a lot of water around. So these are self-draining. So you can can get pretty playful with the water. (laughs) And it just drains down into a bucket that that lady you throw away. And uh, we've got all kinds of teapots sitting here. And uh, Mm -hmm. different teacups. What else? What do you notice in here, Pia? Well, all right. Well, well, a little bit. What's what's really unusual here is that a lot of his friends um, will buy a pot and fill it with tea and leave it at his shop. So what then? When they come, occasionally, like if if there's like like a auspicious meeting of people, they will say. Ah, take some tea from that pot of mine over over there in the back 
And so they'll, they will offer their tea to the guests who are here. And it's often tea that has been sitting here for 10, 15 years, and it's a really particularly delicious one. And, um, and it's a very, it's a community event. And his shop is very much about uh, people coming together, it, it, people making friends, um, um, you know, like making connections, helping each other out uh, with advice about things. Or, or like oftentimes people will talk about the things that they're dealing with and try to help each other out um, as they sit here at this table with whoever may come and whoever may or may not know each other. But you become friends by the end of your by the end of your time in the tea shop, whether or not you buy tea. You don't have to buy tea when you come into a tea shop. You just get to bring yourself to the tea shop. Yeah. Yeah. This is a unique thing. This is something you wouldn't really find in the United States. No. No. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. This is this is part of the Taiwanese wenhua. Beautiful it's part of the culture. Beautiful yeah. part of the Taiwanese culture. You can just come and hang in a tea shop. Yeah. You meet new friends. You get to try different teas. You, sometimes you learn a little something about tea. I mean, I'm no expert on tea, but... I find that it's delightful to be able to hang out with people who know a lot about tea mm -hmm. because a little bit will sometimes rub off. <laughs> well, this is a very traditional way of a, of a, of tea shop operating. It's very, very it's very, it's all about community. It's all about relationships because sooner or later you're going to need tea and we'll buy it. Um, but not every shop operates like this. But for the most part you know, like if you go into a shopping mall or whatever, um, if it's a, a, a if they have a table out, they they're gonna make tea for you. You can sit down and try it. And for the most part, they they're not gonna like be pressuring you to buy it straight off. They're just offering you tea. Yeah, building I, relationships with your customer base is very important. I've I've seen this all over the island in my time here. That there is a. Uh, there is a certain spirit of generosity. Very much. Very big very, spirit very of generosity. Much. And there's something about people just coming together. Like you were saying, people come for advice, they come for some companionship, they come for yep. community. It's kind of a community center. Uh, yes. With you good did, tea. You did enough? <laughs> 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 这个一个茶行,不只是茶行。以茶会有。From mm, tea. Friendships through tea. Friendships through tea. 以茶会有。以茶会。So <laughs> this is a very, this must be very precious. It's in a very, very tiny bag. Must be very nice. Good quality. And it's a different kind of teapot. This one is less rounded. And kind of a square looking thing. Look at the color of that stuff. Wow. Wow. Go ahead and translate what he just said. All that right. was that was That was beautiful. Beautiful. So he says teapots have personality. Cups have personality. The tea has different each tea has its own personality. Even water has its own personality. And so uh, depending on the personality of the tea that you are making, you need to choose the pot that suits it. Uh, the water and also the cups that suit it mm. and this is just experience as to how to choose the right one it's just experience and, and this tea is it's like 
it's sort of ruby. Yeah. Oh, 我我可以拍照吗？因为因为那那现在那个那个阳光，就真的真的很特别。Okay. So this is very technical now. So this is called red oolong because. First, they use red tea. The, the the process of making red tea, in which they break the leaves in the wilting、uh, in, in the in the wilting process, and so that there is a lot of oxidation, so that there are more faces to 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 oxidize. So when the leaves are broken up and and smashed a little bit, it will oxidize much more fully.、Mm. And then they but then what they they do then they start the oolong process. In which they do saqing, which is like the steaming to stop it exactly where it is, and then rolling it into balls. Whereas red tea wouldn't do that. Red tea is not rolled. It's not rolled, and, and it's not, and they don't also, and it's not steamed. The one he did,、um, okay, 好，那个这个是这个的。那刚才喝的那个叫胭脂乌龙。Okay, so the one that we were just drinking before is actually、um, done completely as an oolong. But just the process in the beginning of wilting and also allowing the allowing the the, the tea leaves to to sit and ferment. So first sunning it and then wilting it. So、mm. these two processes, the the time is just elongated,、uh, much longer than than with the lisan lisan tea that we had at the very beginning. That would be a very short time because it's only about twelve percent. But to forty-five percent, the time you just need a lot longer time in the sun, sitting and wilting and oxidizing. But you don't crush it. Ah, and with this stuff, you're crushing it you have up. To crush it. And you're really forcing the fermentation. You're just、um, he, speeding he, it up. Yes. And he just talked about there are two particular、um, chemicals which make it red、mm. that will come out in the oxidizing and breaking it will、uh, release a lot more of those. Those they, they will it will have that particular chemical transformation. And I don't know the chemical names of those. That's okay. This tea is delicious, and it's gorgeous. Yes. So, Michael, what are you interested in getting? Oh well, I, I definitely want to get some of that.、Uh, that. Yanzi oolong. Yanzi oolong. Mm-hmm. And I want to get some of that that tea that we first drank. Ah,、oh, okay. The、uh, lisan. That that yeah, the lisan. Just the gang side soda. 嗯，我们第第一次喝的，不要买一些那个，给我太太喝。哦，是。他他肯定喜欢这个。I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some of that first stuff home to my wife. I think she'll really love it. Um, and then the ensign, and then I should probably take a little bit of this. It's very healthy. It's been twenty years. It's uncultivated. It's in, like it's been. It's not been cultivated. And it's been left in the wild for twenty years, and and they haven't cleared the underbrush or whatever. They just kind of go in and take what they get. So this is wild tea. Yeah. Yeah, Shannon, it's a wild tea.、Yeah. Okay, so so we're gonna get some of this wild. Huh? Okay. Huh? Bye bye. So good. So his filming of your interviewing is on his Facebook, so you can use his card to take a look at. Ah, great! <laughs> yeah. So, well, we can just link to that on the show notes page. You can. He already put it up on Facebook. Yeah. We were sitting here drinking tea, <laughs> and this cat and we like live, you know, he, we were, we're interviewing <laughs> Mr. Lee, and he's sitting there. 
Doing a live broadcast. Doing a live broadcast onto Facebook. <laughs> I love Taiwan. Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Lee, yeah, I, I'm going to want some of uh, actually each of these that we've had here today because this stuff is just so delicious. Lee Sanchang, thank you so much for sharing your tea with us today and giving us these explanations, selling me this these fabulous leaves that I can take home and share with my friends. Any other comments that you'd like to share before we well, beat it out of here? <laughs> well, I'm very happy to share my my little corner of Taiwan with you and with your and through this wonderful technology with uh, further friends in America and hope more people can come and enjoy and make Taiwan part of their life more than beyond the podcast. <laughs> well, I hope that you enjoyed this vintage Everyday Acupuncture podcast conversation. There are 80 episodes and you can download them to your podcast player from Apple or wherever you go to get your podcasts. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. Mm-hmm.